0: You're listening to Life and Leadership, A Conscious Journey, the podcast that shares wisdom and strength. Join your host, Dr. Michelle St. Jane's weekly conversation on how to have a positive impact for people, planet, and the wider world. If you want to live a life of intention, be proactive with your time, and bring your vision for the future to life, one today at a time, you are in the right place at the right time.
1: Let's get started.
0: Johnson the intentional optimist unconventional leader and podcaster today together Andrea and I are going to share our wisdom strength and hope as women thriving in this wonderful world as we face new unique risks and opportunities connect with Andrea and I through our stories as we show global women leaders how to thrive in the world of work pivot into new opportunities contribute and lean into your legacy Out-of-the-box thinker, possibility seeker, professional encourager, and podcaster. I couldn't (laughs) think of better titles for you. They just so sum up that you can't be summed up, (laughs) And Well, thank you very much. I am excited to be here. Oh my gosh. Well, I love the topics that you lead around. When I was looking at your website and your profiles and that, I was like, what a great topic. Why? Your time has come. That is a fact, like, how did you even get to that? Why is that important for leadership?
1: I tell you, Michelle, I joke with other coaches and other speakers about how nine times out of 10, our ideal client is ourself. So we describe that person, we look in the mirror and we go, oh, you look familiar. So for me, being able to look at other women and say, hey, stop messing around here. Stop playing small just coasting. You've got too many things to offer. You've got too many opportunities. And right now, especially I launched all this, well, sort of in the middle of a pandemic, but some of that wording came from early on in the pandemic. This is an opportunity for us. We don't need to capitalize on anybody's pain. Don't get me wrong, but it is an opportunity to step up in a totally different and new way. So for me, my time had come because I was completely fed up with this idea of never quite getting that itch scratched, never quite doing what I wanted to do, always playing smaller than I could. It's like I woke up one day and said, that's it. I'm fed up. It's time. My time has come and I'll bet yours has too.
0: I love it. And I can remember when I was a young professional, I'd be sitting in these meetings and I'd have the answer or I'd be sitting in these meetings and they were going down rabbit holes and I'd be like, seriously? And it would take an hour and a half before they got out of the rabbit hole and got onto a fabulous strategy. And then I'd been sitting there. As I got a little bit older, especially towards my late thirties, early forties, I started speaking up. And then it was those kind of labels, you know, the bossy, the, I won't go into the, because labeling is shaming.
1: And no, it's real. You have to be realistic. And you have to say, one of my posts this last week was, you are not too loud. You are not too big. You are not too much. Because women, for some reason, are labeled with those kinds of things. And I believe we're all created perfectly, uniquely, for a specific purpose. I'm a Christian, so by a very creative creator, by a purposeful creator with a plan. And if I don't step into all of that, then I'm not fulfilling what I'm supposed to do. So I totally hear you, and you get those labels in the world that we live in.
0: Thank you for bringing up faith. When I did my doctorate, I went for gender parity, did not reach that, interestingly enough, couldn't get the women to join. But in global leaders, I had black, white, brown, I had a number of different places of origin. But I also had this overwhelming intention to also increase people of different faith. So having a Muslim, having a person who was Christian, having a person who was Jewish, you know, I'm just not naming the exact ones necessarily, but that was also really important to me. And one global CEO, he said to me, come around my desk. And I went, mm-hmm. and he pulls his drawer out and he had, he was a Christian. He had all of these faith-based quotes out of his Bible. So when he was stressed or didn't know what to do, he mm-hmm. put his drawer out. And there on the bottom of his drawer, taped to the bottom of his drawer, were all of these quotes that would often give him the right answer. And then because I was raising wicked problems like social and environmental issues, I had a Muslim leader who would bring in the fact of that mm-hmm. They could only do business in a certain way. I was really shocked to see that all of the banking failures were not Sharia based. banking. And I had worked in mutual funds, banking and investments. So I was like, why are we not bringing more of this to the fore? Is this not appropriate for business schools to be expanding how you do this? And we will get down to values and things like that. So I really value leaders who are willing to share their faith as in share their wisdom, strength and hope just to make visible that there are ways to be in business that also include coming
1: from a faith-based perspective. Yes. And here's the thing. As a Christian, there are times that I really struggled because I'm a missionary kid. Like we said, I grew up overseas. I grew up in Seoul, Korea. And one of the things that influenced my current desire to build community, which we'll talk about in a little while, was some time I spent at a beach on the West Coast, about halfway down the peninsula of the southern part of the peninsula. Let me put it that way. Not the northern part. It was this community that was there and I spent every summer there learning how to live in a more ecumenical community. Now, granted, it was still all missionary. so this was all from a Christian perspective, but understanding that I don't have to be a missionary, I don't have to be a minister, it doesn't have to be a ministry, it can still be a business, run within the values that I set, run within the parameters that I say are important based on my values and beliefs. Every person in the world has that opportunity It's just where do you base your values and beliefs? That's the only difference. And when we look at age-old wisdom, a lot of it is very similar. And there are some things that are really common sense. The more we let go of some of that, the further down all those rabbit holes we get, right?
0: A really great point. When I stepped out of the corporate world, I started a social enterprise law firm, and the name literally came to me one night when I woke up, and it was Kairos, which means to be on spiritual time. Kairos is also a Greek term. Kairos is one of the twin sons of Zeus. And the other twin was called Kronos, which means to be on mm-hmm. the clock. So I had enough of being on the clock with 60, 80, 100-hour work weeks. I was covering Europe to the West Coast mm. of dates. So I had a four-hour window when I could actually sleep when I was in the corporate <laughs> world. Otherwise, I couldn't keep up. And if clients called, you had to answer. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> Well, I tell you, it was my normal and now it's like, no, thank (laughs) you. And I'm really loving the dialogue raising around this is one of the things I'm hearing coming out of the pandemic is people don't want to go back into the office and do that kind of work. They're trying to find ways of being able to have a healthy lifestyle as well. But I named my business Kairos. So it was really interesting to me for people who clicked that Kairos was a faith term and those that clicked it was a Greek term, but nobody put the two together, which I actually did in my doctorate when I made the pinnacle of being about time whether you're on spiritual time in Kairos, in the flow, or whether you're in Kronos and being cannibalized or being in the capitalistic market. <laughs> yeah, it was a little on the edge there. <laughs> so sometimes you don't know what the future is going to look like. I stepped out of the corporate world. I discovered I had more time for prayer, contemplation, meditation, and yoga, things that I've been doing since I was a teenager. But in terms of the future of my leadership, I went into a totally different direction because having a social enterprise, it had a triple bottom line. That means I had to make enough money to stay in business. Mm -hmm. There was a point for that. But I also wanted to have a social and environmental impact. So I had a triple bottom line. So why do you need to step up and be a role model? Another one of your terms
1: I quite liked. Absolutely. And when you go to listen to my podcast, which I'm sure you'll share later, the trailer, the very first one, I stress that over and over. You are the answer. You are the future. Because I'm talking to women here, right? I mean, what's interesting is that the most people that share my podcast are men, but it is 100% geared toward and presented to women. It's all about women's leadership. But one of the things I say in there is you are the role models for the future generations because it's so easy for us as women, especially, you know, I speak mostly from the United States as perspective, but it's easy for women to get stuck in the mindset that what I'm doing is just making the wheels turn. I'm not actually making a difference. And you and I have talked about this before, but we're all made uniquely. We all have experiences that we've been through. When I talk to women who've raised three and four kids, I'm like, you are probably the best problem Solver and the best future thinker that is out there. I don't know why you think you can't claim those as a skill set, but our experiences are different. Our messages are all different and unique and unconventional leaders lead at any time in any place with their unique skill set and strengths. So when I have women that I work with looking at me, I'm a role model to them. Anybody that is watching you sees you as a role model. It's your choice whether or not you want it to be a good role model or a not good role model. <laughs> I try not to use the word bad. <laughs> Well I would also
0: um, add to that Let's realize we are role models. Our babies are watching, and there's fabulous research around that, but our neighbors are watching. Yes, The analytics and the algorithms are definitely watching.
1: (laughs) Oh, those are scary watchers. But the other piece to that is first we need to understand, yes, that people are watching. Everybody's watching. And in the church, we talk about that. We might be the only quote unquote Jesus somebody else ever sees, right? So it's like, are you going to live in a way that reflects your faith or not? And I would say that to anybody in any faith. Either live your faith or don't claim it. I don't suffer hypocrisy well in myself or anybody else. And I think most people feel the same way. And I think that's the way it is with a role model. You need to understand that you're a role model that people are watching, whether you like it or not. And then you need to be intentional about what you want to do about it. You need to, as you said, mentor other people always. And I use this analogy too, you know, those little barrel of monkeys where they got one arm up and one arm down. I say, you're pulling me up by helping me. And then I'm putting my arm out here for someone else to link onto, to pull them up As soon as I learn, I share, right? So this is how we mentor and role model the next generation of leaders. I'm in my 50s. So this could be women who are 50, 40, 30, 12, whatever, right? So that's how I think we are the role models for future generations. And we have to do it. Nobody else will.
0: And what a role model you are. I mean, you're <laughs> a woman's leadership coach, motivational speaker, you do behavioral analysis, and you're the host of the intentional optimist and the unconventional leader, which is also the name of your podcast. That is just brilliant. I Like the first slot I quoted and this slot, I have not seen anyone bring all those terms together. So I was a little bit of a doubting Thomas. I have to confess this, Andrea. But from the moment I met you, I was like, this, Andrea leans into what she does. She is is intentional. She is an optimist. She's coached. Gosh, you. sometimes when we've been talking, you've been coaching me and I've gone, oh,
1: <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. It's my responsibility to share what I have. And we all reach a point where as a coach, I hope we all reach the point where we understand it's a responsibility for us to share what we have. If it's wisdom, if it's experience, none of it is proprietary. If you need to get a copyright on something, that's fine. If you need to get a trademark on something, that's fine. Worst case scenario, you give it away and you just do something else because it's not a limited space that your creativity comes from. It's eternal, right? It's big. It's unlimited. You can get more. If you've created something, you can create something else. And we do want to be paid well for what we do. But the reality is the more we give, the more we're going to get. And that's just how it works. But hi, thank you so much for your kind words. I would be lying if I said I had 100% confidence in every single word that was out there about me. I'd be lying if I said I didn't have a crisis of confidence every so often, like we all do. But being transparent about that, I think is one of the things that helps when I coach other women and when I teach and when I share about like this most recent podcast I put out there was literally on how our thoughts affect everything. Right? Your thoughts affect your feelings, your actions, your results. And I give some very personal examples. I give some that are really highly silly, but for me, weight loss has been a real thought process, launching my coaching business and being willing to step up and say, I'm going to be a podcaster and <laughs> I'm going to put my opinion out there that everybody's going to hear. You know, nobody likes rejection. So being willing to step up and take that brief step of courage. And then you're in the adrenaline, right? But you understand what that is like too. These words are reflected back on you as a global leader and as someone who is willing to celebrate all of that. But really humbled to hear that you were a doubting Thomas. And I'm so glad that I was actually true to my word. <laughs>
0: Well, actually, I was being a little glib about being a doubting Thomas. Your smile kind of sells you. You have the best smile. I love your pictures. But we both launched on the 1st of September. Crisis of confidence, hand up. You know, I was ready to give up in the middle of August. I was just really lucky to have gotten a fabulous team behind me. But then I realized I had the opportunity to create content of a quality that I wanted to see out in the world. I had the opportunity to bring on amazing guests like yourself and feature their voice and their contribution to the world. And often, even though podcasts have been around for a very long time, sometimes for my age group, especially for women, I have to make the path by walking and um, I'm quoting Paulo Freire there and I really love the fact that I had the opportunity to create a manifesto where I was able to decide, you know what, maybe I want to hear the wildness of my heart and less so the orderliness of my mind. Perhaps I want to radiate spirituality and prosperity and well-being and I want to lean into words like legacy and stewardship, even mm. though there were major connotations that weren't in the realm of leadership. But at the bottom line, I was leaning into also expressing my values because I wanted to see that out there. And sometimes the women who take the world stage are the ones who are already huge and have had doors
1: opened. I'm the one who leans on a door to me. <laughs> so- <laughs> it's like, how hard can I push? The short woman, right? This little bitty woman can push really hard. <laughs> So I'm going to move into the area of values because they can be positive or fear-based. And
0: I think we have an accountability to be aware of our values and our alignment into them in terms of having the opportunity to bring our authentic self forward. So what are your values?
1: Well, I'm going to ask you a question first. I want to know your definition of a value so that I know how to best answer that question.
0: Oh, very nice. Values are how I express myself and how I am in the world. So I will share a couple of mine as examples. For example, wisdom. I'm devoted to leaning into my sense of purpose, but serve others through my wisdom, strength and hope. As we've both mentioned about crisis of confidences and failures, I am a woman who believes in failing fast and quietly. If I'm going to have a go and it's good, I actually find failures are a place I actually thrive because I'm very creative in my thinking. Actually, I was described as a stratospheric thinker a couple of years <laughs> back. and I went, yes, that is me, quite right. But I want to take all my knowledge and experience and I want to apply it into the social, the environmental and the business space. Another one is compassion, how we treat people, including the planet, all living beings, and including outer space. So those are very important to me.
1: So I actually have a course out there on discovering your core values. I don't know if you noticed that, but what I do as a coach is one of the things I think are foundational to personal growth are understanding your core values. First, it's awareness. You need to be aware that you need to grow or where you are, who you are, and what you are. And then you need to understand your values, and then you need to understand how your thoughts affect all of your outcomes. So those are my top three things that I think are foundational to personal growth. So when I talk about values, I'm talking about these principles that are almost immovable in your soul. When I walk people through a core values process, it takes a while. It can take a minimum of 30 days and sometimes you need to just kind of hang out with them for a little while and figure them out as you go. And they might change. I don't find that they truly change. What I find is that they actually come up and are more evident and maybe the word changes, but the value is actually the same, like an iceberg. You have the little bit at the top and then you have the waterline and then you have the giant iceberg below the waterline. I think that's a little bit how our Our values are and if we're not willing to let them grow and develop. And I hate to use the word evolve because that's not it. Just how it float up to the top and expose themselves a little better. I think that we do ourselves a disservice. But based on that, I thought my top value many, many times, well, for several years was freedom. The reality is that's my third value. My very top value is community. And that goes back to my time at the beach and being able to say, this is the community I want to be a part of. But it really isn't that I'm trying to create that community. It's that it resonated with all of that in my soul that is community-based. So when I talk about community, I'm not even talking about neighborhood. I'm not talking about municipalities. I am talking about a shared openness, a welcoming acceptance and a safety and the collaborative nature of how how we work. So as a business, I'm trying to build community. So when I talk about my Facebook group, it's my Facebook community. When I talk about my membership program, it's my membership community. And the whole goal behind all of that is to build community. My second is authenticity. And I discovered long ago that I was a square peg that just didn't fit in any of the round holes available to me. Thus, it's like all those descriptors that you said, how can she be these things? Well, here I am. But for me being willing to say, unapologetically, this is who I am and being able to be spunky and brave and curious and welcoming and safe and wise all at the same time, that's being authentic to me. And if I'm doing something where I am not comfortable speaking my mind, then I know that I probably don't belong there. It's probably something I don't need to be doing. And then my third one is freedom. It didn't go away. It just bumped down on the list a little bit because I think what they do is they feed each other. And for me, it was showing up in, don't tell me what to think. Don't tell me how to act. You know, it's very bossy. Don't tell me what to do. You're not the boss of me. And that's how it showed up when I was younger. It shows up in physical things like travel, being able to travel, being able to go do things. But the way I see it now is I build community and live in authenticity in order to have the freedom that I need. And some of that is freedom in my mind. Some of it is freedom in my heart, in my relationships, and then eventually in like financial freedom. Because if I do all of those things, I will have what I need. Sorry, that was a longer answer, but values are huge to me. That's a very big topic.
0: Absolutely. And I think especially in this new decade, we're living in a very anxious time. And I think if you've got your values to the forefront and you're willing to be conscious and aware, they will move up, down and around. So I totally agree with you. But in terms of being limited by fear, there's a lovely poet by Khalil Gabran, and it says, it is said that before entering the sea, a river trembles with fear. She looks back at the path she has travelled from peaks of the mountain, the long winding road crossing forests and village, and in front of her she sees the ocean so vast that to enter there seems nothing more than to disappear forever. Mm. No way back. There's no other way <clears throat> to go back is impossible. And the river needs to take the risk of entering the ocean because only then will fear disappear. Because that's where the river will know it's not about disappearing into the ocean, but becoming
1: yes. the ocean. That's beautiful. I just got cold chills.
0: Thank you for the oh. goosebumps. <laughs> You're welcome. I just think in this time, it's just so important to be aware that fear can be limiting and values can allow you the freedom to find yourself.
1: I also call values our guardrails because they help us to make decisions. Uh, If something doesn't line up with my values, it's usually a pretty easy no thank you. It also helps me set boundaries. Many times they're just in my brain, a boundary of whether or not I need to participate in a conversation or about, because does this build community? Does this help me be authentic? I can just let it go because I'm a talker. You can tell I love to be involved in conversation. And that's part of building community is the connections that we have. So having the values in place helps me build both my internal and external boundaries, but do it with grace and kindness.
0: You're such a delight to talk to. And I'm going to put a caveat in here because it's something I had to learn. Rules sometimes can be broken. Grandmothers can be podcasters and boundaries can be expanded. A podcast can be your virtual speaking podium. So those are my two. So I I like it. Thank you. You're an optimist, and I myself know from testing that I fall in the 96th percentile of the world as an optimist, and I suspect you're right up there with me, and as well as being an idealist in the 98th percentile. So synchronicity always shows up and I live into my sense of purpose, and I enjoy cooperating for the benefit of others, especially vivid visionaries like you, yourself, who celebrate everyone's success and collaborate to solve issues and lean on doorways with them. So tell us a little bit more about the work that you're doing and how the audience can engage.
1: Well, I do have, like I said, a Facebook community and in that community, it's called Intentional Optimists. It's very easy. If you just go to my website, www.theintentionaloptimist.com, there are buttons, colorful buttons across the top of the website where you can click to join my Facebook community, click to look at and maybe purchase or get a DISC assessment where you can understand how you communicate and how others communicate. You can scroll down down and get on my newsletter you can click a button to do my values course that I just said it's just a mini course I'm just
0: interrupt you I'm putting all of that in the show notes so perfect I'll tell them the value you add
1: <laughs> <laughs> well because here's the thing you can see me Michelle here on video and I connect well when I'm in person with people or like I've had staff say that day that I came into your office and you sat there and you held my hand it made all the difference and I'm sitting there thinking I don't remember that right well just because it made an impression on them them, and I've learned that that's how I connect with people. I connect through the Facebook group. We have teaching in there. We do book club in there. It's I'm constantly adding value in there. And it's a place where you can come together and learn the tenets of intentional optimism, which there's six tenets of intentional optimism, because it is not just happy, go lucky, glass half full. It is purposeful. There's meaning behind it. It is a personal growth plan. It's not just a philosophy but also through my podcast. That's my shine my light out there every week. You get something, either a teaching from me or an interview with a woman who's living out the tenets of intentional optimism. And if you tune in, you'll hear Michelle on there pretty soon because we had a delightful conversation. But the newest way you can work with me, of course you can work with me one-on-one, that's also available. But the newest way is through a new membership community that I'm launching called Launch From The Beach. Like I said, I spent time at the beach and my goal is to create a giant, global community of women helping other women accomplish their goals, their dreams, their desires. And we do that starting small with little bitty sailboats, getting them into the water, helping them understand how to make that sailboat sail well. And that's all part of intentional optimism. So you can also click that at the top of my website. Right now, there's a coming soon page. I'm not sure when this will air, but it's scheduled to launch May 1. And there will be limited slots at the beginning, just because I want to make sure that we have a good bedrock of a community to build. It's on a new platform called Marco Polo Channels, which is video-based and no ads, no algorithm. It is literally just me and the community. And we'll have a time to come together once a month for a little bit of socializing live and in person. Well, not in person, live on Zoom. And because we do have a global, it is a global community so far. So those are the main ways to work with me.
0: Thank you so much. And I will ensure everything is in the show notes so that people can find you with ease because there is so much value that you bring in the world. And I'm just so grateful. Thank, Thank you. you. Dr. Michelle St. Jane is a conscious steward of meaningful leadership in the world and the wider cosmos. Tune in every Thursday for real talk around life, leadership and your conscious journey. Be ready to create and cultivate your dreams and so hearted desires. Your support is valued. Please subscribe, leave a review and a rating, but more importantly, share with your connections.